Alright, well welcome to this first full episode of the Dojos of DFW podcast. Uh, this is your host, Dax Stokes. And um, today we have our first interview with the martial arts school owner in the DFW area. And today we went to Reading Martial Arts, which is actually the school where I train currently myself. Um, so I figured that would be a good place to start. Um, and this is going to be an interview with Mark Redding. We've got about a, about a half hour almost. Um, interview with him about, you know, just about him, his school styles that he teaches and has studied. Um, just general things kind of like that. And uh, we talked about, um, you know, jiu-jitsu and various other arts, uh, kenpo, jikundo. Some of the different things that he teaches and does. And um, kind of how... Uh, that all fits into his school and um, everything that he offers there. Um, one of the things I didn't get uh, in the interview is actually some of the information just about the school in general. Um, Reading Martial Arts is uh, in Denton. It's at 407 Fort Worth Drive uh, in Denton, Texas. Um, you can call there. The phone number is 940-891-6000. Um, and you can also email uh, mpredding at yahoo.com. And Reading is with just a 1D, so it's R-E-D-I-N-G. Um, their website is readingmartialarts.com, and you can also find uh, the school on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash readingmartialarts. On Twitter and Instagram, it's going to be um, RMA Jiu-Jitsu uh, is the uh, username for Twitter and Instagram, so you can find um, the school on both of those places as well. Um, so that's uh, Reading Martial Arts in Denton, Texas. Um, it's been voted... Um, Best of Denton several times in the past few years, and um, has will be celebrating its 20th year in existence uh, this October, I believe. So um, I hope you enjoy this first interview. Um, we've got more scheduled uh, already, so um, I think for the first few weeks we'll probably have one come out each week, and then I'll switch to the every two weeks schedule, or uh, we'll kind of see from there, and um, have a couple other things in mind as well. that he teaches here and has trained in in the past. Um, so welcome to the podcast, Mark. Great, thank you. All right, um, so briefly just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your history uh, with starting martial arts. Okay, um, I was 13 when I started martial arts. I started with a school here in town actually called the Denton Optimus Karate Club. And uh, my first instructor was Mike Woodson. And I stayed at that school for about five years. I earned my black belt when I was 18. My first black belt, which is in Shawnee Karate, and then um, in that process, sometime between I was a brown belt or so, I started American Kempo Karate, as well, in Irving. So I would drive to Irving, my dad and mm -hmm. I and some friends of mine. I would drive to Irving every week and train in Kempo Karate, and that went on for about 20 years. So wow. I had trained back and forth there. In between that time, uh, I also started in Jeet Kune Do and Filipino martial arts. I trained with Inasano. Um, Paul Brunak, Jack McVicker, which was from Illinois and Indiana area, mm -hmm. and um, and then somewhere in that time, in that time frame, I started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in '99 is when I officially started Jiu-Jitsu. I played with it before, uh, you know, right after UFC got kind of popular in '93, but not, not really have an official instructor until '99, mm -hmm. and then um, and then from there I took off and traveled the world, did a lot of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournaments. Uh, local and international, 
and then we opened our school in 1996. Okay, so October 1st, 1996 is our 20 year anniversary this year, this October. And um, I was 19, and my brother and I both opened it together, mm-hmm. and he was 14 when wow. he opened it with me. So um, I had just got out of high school, and that was what I chose to do. It's pretty ambitious. Yeah, <laughs> they're crazy, <laughs> one or the other. Did it, was, it, was it pretty difficult as a, um, well, technically yeah, a teenager? I, I tell you, it is difficult. I mean, you, doing it now would probably be more difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, with kids and being married, probably more difficult. But then I think you're, you're just young enough and you know you, you don't really I all I knew was really passionate about it. I thought oh, I'm gonna do this this is a great thing and um, I never thought about making the money side of it I thought look I just gotta I had a couple jobs and mm-hmm. I ran during the day and then at night I would go teach every single night and um, you know I remember my first class I don't know if it was yesterday it was October 1st 96 and we had two people I had a, a lady and a, a gentleman and um, I've always had someone show up since then, so 20 sure. years, whether it's one or 50, somebody's shown up and just kept me going, so it was, it's amazing. And what were you teaching at the beginning? Um, at the beginning, I was teaching karate, and I was teaching a little bit of judo, and I called it ground fighting because I didn't have any ranking Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so mm-hmm. I had done a little bit of, because judo has a little bit of ground groundwork. Mm-hmm. And you gotta remember, this is in 1999, so UFC was just kind of getting, and people were new with the Gracies, but that, that information wasn't here yet. Right. It, you know, it was all over the place, but here, so, I mean, we had um, we had done experimented with different things from seminars and stuff like that, but never some official instruction. So we had the karate class, and I had experimented as well with the JKD and uh, the Filipino martial arts mm-hmm. in that time frame. So I was kind of in my, my early stages, you know, just getting into those arts, and I just stayed with those arts for 20 years. So now I have way more of a program than I did at that time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, today, which arts do you? Specialize in here at the school. Um, I don't have just one. We we have a few here, and it's the arts that I started in, except for Shornru. I don't mm-hmm. teach uh, Shornru uh, karate. My first arts I practiced when I was thirteen, but I do teach uh, American Kempo karate. Okay, at Parker style, I do teach Jikundo concepts, which is the Bruce Lee's concepts. We do teach Filipino martial arts, and then we also teach uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So. Uh, and we also play with Thai boxing as well. Mm-hmm. I have I'm an, instru- I'm an instructor under Saxon Gujira, which is out of uh, Plano. If anybody knows anything about Thai boxing, you know that Saxon is definitely the the authority on Thai boxing here in Texas. So very honored to be uh, to be certified in him as well. Um, who are some of your other uh, instructors? So just um, taking down like start with Kempo. Yeah, yeah. So I only had one Kempo instructor my whole career. Okay, I'm going into 23 years in Kempo now, and um, his name is Tim Bulat. Okay, he's out of uh, Irving. Mm-hmm. Now he's moved to uh, Ennis and Waxahachie area. So um, he's also a police officer. He's also uh, runs uh, special groups of Kempo classes with his own. He doesn't have a school anymore. He had mm-hmm. one for many years, but um, now he just does it privately on the side. Um, so that was my first instructor, or my second instructor, actually. My first instructor was uh, Mike Woodson, which was here in Denton at the Denton Optimus Karate Club. And um, then from him, I went to Tim Bulat. And then from him, I, I went to, um, this is kind of crazy in my, in my journey, but I, uh, I went to a seminar one time in Indiana in 1998, okay? And uh, I met a guy there named Jack McVicker, okay? Mm-hmm. He's big in the Midwest area. And, um, Man, he, he really got me started on the JKD side, and he was also, at that time, a purple belt in jiu So to see a purple belt in jiu in 1999, mm-hmm. that's a big thing, because right. I don't know if you were aware of that. 
So I hooked up with him, and I never left. For 14 years, mm-hmm. I trained with a guy, fly to Indiana. My brother and I both would fly to Indiana every three months, and he would come here and do mm-hmm. seminars, and we would travel with him. So he was kind of the guy that helped me along in the JKD and the Jiu-Jitsu side. Um, and then from there, I, uh, I didn't get my black belt with him. I got all my belts in Jiu-Jitsu from Derek Vicker up through Brown. And then um, I ended up getting my black belt under a guy named James Brown, okay? And he's a, a Carlos Machado black belt. Mm-hmm. Um, great, great guy, man. He, um, he taught me a lot about uh, jiu-jitsu, and he, he promotes to black belt, my brother and I both, in 2012. I got a black belt in jiu-jitsu. And when he promoted us, he told us, he said, hey, man, I got a guy you should go check out. His name's Octavio Fortu. And uh, he's usually really good when we train with him. So, and he had, Octavio had just got here in Dallas. He's the head professor at Octagon MMA. Mm-hmm. And um, he had just got here in that 2012, right after I got my black belt. So I started training with him and I've been with him ever since. I train with him um, at least once a week, sometimes more. Um, and then I have another good friend of mine named Alex Martins. I do a lot of training with him as well in Jiu-Jitsu. So um, it's, it's been nice, man. It's a really nice little circle. You kind of get around and sure. get to meet these people. I've been really, really fortunate to hook up with some of the best martial artists out mm-hmm. there. So I know that some of the um, Kenpo and Jeet Kune Do both, especially because when um, when both Bruce Lee and Ed Parker both died, neither one of them really left anybody in charge. So I know there's different sides. So I believe, so Tim Bulat studied with Larry Tatum? He did. And Tim, Tim Bulat uh, was with Larry Tatum um, mm-hmm. his whole his whole career, and then um, Jack McVicker, the guy I trained with from him, he uh, was under Paul Bunap, which Paul mm-hmm. Bunap was one of Anasano's lead mm-hmm. guys, and of course Anasano was Bruce Lee's lead San guy. San Francisco's so. lead uh, Yeah, right, right, right. So, you know, it's kinda, it's nice whenever you, you see the lineage, it's, it's, it's small, it's, mm-hmm. it's very short on that list, so I, I take that real real seriously and try to pass it on mm-hmm. the way it's been taught. And you've been able to study with Dan? Oh yeah, I've done a lot of seminars with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just fantastic. saw that he's coming to Hearst in he August. Is. Actually, he's, that so, guy yeah. travels and does seminars all mm-hmm. the time, almost every weekend. It's crazy, but what a wealth of knowledge, man. We are mm-hmm. we are fortunate to have someone who has um, stood the test of time, and, and he, I think he's in his late 70s now, mm-hmm. and he is, uh, he is given so much knowledge to so many people. And with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which, um, you know, who, which family does that? Well, just, I mean, it's kind of funny because I was with the Gracie family for 14 years, mm-hmm. okay, and I... I so Jack I, was under Gracie. Good, yeah, exactly. And um, I was with them for many years, and then when I got my black belt, I mean, everything's so political, and I kind of right. got out of that. I'm not really into the political mm-hmm. side. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, and this is my 20th year, and it's, you know, I kind of got things figured out what works for me, and I just want to train with people and learn from them and uh, you know, be able to train with whoever I want to train with. I don't want to fly one flag and say, hey, this is who I'm with. And um, that's just, maybe that comes with my age too. As I got mm-hmm. a little bit older, you just kind of look at it and you go, hey man, there's, there's a lot to learn out there, especially these days. And you gotta understand, 96, there wasn't this information out there. I mean, any, anywhere from Kempo to, to Jiu-Jitsu to the JKD, I mean, it's really blown up in the last 20 years. Right. So, I mean, it'd be foolish not to go and, and explore different places and get as much information as you mm-hmm. can. So with uh with uh, jujitsu here at the school, uh, you do gi and no gi both. I do gi and no gi both, right? We we've had a no gi class on on Tuesday mornings at six a.m. until today, and I've decided that we're going to do a no gi class, uh, adult class at eight in the evening mm-hmm. at seven forty-five on Tuesdays, which I'm really excited about because um I haven't ever had the class before. We've had open gyms where the guys could come in and mm-hmm. train no gi, but the majority of the classes I teach are all in gi. So uh, I'm really looking forward to adding that different facet to the, to the gym here. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a good mix. Um, I know that uh, 
there are a lot of schools that um, are strictly nogi sometimes and, yeah. and both, so that's, that's, that's really interesting. What do you think of the, um, in competitions, do you prefer the submission-only competitions or the no, points competitions? Uh, well, I think that, you know, there's a lot of ways you can look at that. I don't, I mean, of course, submission is a great goal to have, and, you know, that's what you're looking to do, but as you train with higher-level people like myself that I train with, it's difficult to get that every single time. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to learn, I think, the other concepts of the art. Because submission's always, you know, top front. You want to go finish, and I think that's what it's built on. But there's so much more jiu-jitsu can teach you besides just mm -hmm. submissions. And I've learned that really well over my last few years of uh, training with Octavio for two. And then he's really opened my eyes to a whole different side of it. Do you think it's important to learn the self-defense and the competition side? Man, it's funny you say that because I, I just, about two weeks ago, see, when you start Brazilian jiu-jitsu, usually in Brazil, they start doing the self-defense side of the right. techniques, okay? And then they teach you, you know, the, the competition side. Well, I, I was backwards. They never really taught me the self-defense side. And, I mean, people knew it, but we always would just go in and train. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I compete all over the world. So you don't really think too much about the, the, the self-defense side. Well, the last couple of uh, privates I've been doing, I do a private every week with my coach. And um, last week, or two weeks ago, I told him, I said, I think I want to learn the self-defense side. And he kind of looked at me and laughed. He goes, you're doing it backwards. He goes, usually the guys learn the self-defense first, sure. actually not when they're already black belt. I said, good, that's perfect. I want to learn it now. So I've been going through it. And it's, it's weird because a lot of it I know from being right. in martial arts. It's not hard. And it's what it is. It's simple self-defense techniques that I think are very valuable for kids, women, mm -hmm. and men. Of all, all types so um, I've been incorporating that actually in the last two weeks I've added it to my kids class and some of my adult class mm -hmm. I think it's very important to know both so I don't pick a side I, I think it's great I, tell them, I encourage mm -hmm. my students to say hey you want to compete go compete by all means if you want to learn, learn the competition side but not compete you can do that if you want to learn just the self-defense side that's fine too sure. the idea is they're out there doing something and they want to mm -hmm. learn the art so yeah because yeah. a lot of a lot of people uh, they only do the competition they've never learned that you know, there are defenses against weapons and things Absolutely. like that in Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, you, you want to think with that because, I mean, as great as Jiu-Jitsu is, if you have to defend yourself on the street against three people, I don't want to be on the ground. Right. You know, I don't want to learn other things. So I think, and I think most Jiu-Jitsu people that have practiced for such a long time can appreciate that. And they say, mm -hmm. man, it's, it's, it's nice to learn some other things. You know, mm -hmm. you really want to incorporate that. And the original Gracie style included, you know, stand-up anyway. Stand-up, so, right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, an another jujitsu related question: How do you do um, your promotions? I know that some people promote based on competitions, mm -hmm. some based on technique learning. Some people make you be choked out to No, I I do mind. I mean, I'm you gotta understand. I'm pretty. I'm about as old school as I get. Okay, mm -hmm. I was probably one of the first ones here in Denton doing jujitsu, and um, I I did had some really hard upbringing in my jujitsu career because. It was new. No one really, no one knew how to promote people. I mean, the, the Brazilians would come over and the Gracies would come over and promote people. But I've been led to, over the 20 years that I've been open, to figure out my own style, my own system that's been able to help promote people. And, um, you know, I went through different phases, just like anybody else. I mean, at, at a time, I was, oh, you got to compete to do this. And then, you know, as I've gotten a little bit older in it, not everybody wants to compete. And not mm -hmm. everybody has to compete. You don't have to compete to be good in jiu-jitsu. There's a lot of really good people that I don't compete that are mm -hmm. fantastic jiu-jitsu practitioners. So I look at it a couple ways. I, I don't put a time frame on it. I want them to come in. They have to train, um, you know, at least three days a week coming in. Um, you know, do seminars here and there. Do some privates here and there. Do the classes. Train with other schools. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Other people because you want to have whole idea of um, well-roundedness when you get your black belt in jiu-jitsu. 
So, um, no, I, I kind of look at it per person. You know, I don't, uh, I don't set, I don't do testing. I don't mm-hmm. can come in and you pay me X amount of dollars. And nothing against that. I think it's great for mm-hmm. some people. It doesn't work for me though. I like to be able to see you and look at it and roll with you. I roll with all my students. Mm-hmm. So that way I can know where you're at and how you've improved. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I look at it. And then once I've realized, I see where you're at that level, I promote you on the spot. Sure. That's it. That's great. Um, you know, one of the things I've noticed that's different uh, that you just mentioned about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu than anything is this idea of open gyms. Yeah. And it seems that you know that's that's a pretty wide uh, idea mm-hmm. that, that you should go train at other Schools you know, and most schools seem to have an open gym time, like one or two hours a week. They do, and I really like seeing that. That is mm-hmm. amazing, and I wish other martial artists and different arts would apply that sure. same kind of thinking. Because you know, the thing is, the days of the '80s and early '90s of we're gonna hold everything together and not share with anybody; mm-hmm. those are gone. You know, this is a new time, new age, and uh, man, there is so much to learn from so many different people. And if we all got together and just shared a little bit. And had an open gym to people come in with to sign up in your class, we could all learn so much more. And mm-hmm. it really helps with our egos. We're all checking that every single time we step on the mat. So whatever whatever art you're practicing. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think I think it's amazing. And we have a class like that on Saturdays, an open right. gym. It's ten o'clock in the morning and anyone can come train. As long as you have a good attitude, you come in, you can be here. Mm-hmm. And you get a lot of here at this school, you get a lot of black belts that come in from. I do. I mean, you know, a lot of that's because I, I've, I've trained with a lot of them for mm-hmm. a long time. So, um, definitely people in the area that always show up. I, we usually have about six to seven black belts every Saturday. That's mm-hmm. that's huge. Yeah, I remember, man, when sure. I started, I, it was crazy to see a purple belt on right. the mat. And now we have six or seven black belts showing mm-hmm. up on Saturdays to train. That's that yeah, is because awesome. uh, since jujitsu is so new in the United States, it's really rare to find. I mean, most people start teaching at purple belt level, yeah. some even blue, I know, absolutely. in some areas. Yeah, so it's absolutely. really rare to see. Uh, yeah, you don't have it too much. And I I think that I'm probably one of the only ones in Denton area that uh, have that many black belts mm-hmm. just who come and show up. So and it's not just that they come to show up. It's that they're, they're there to help and train. And that's what's mm-hmm. so great about it. You can walk in a gym and you know, a white belt can go with a black belt you know, every round if they wanted to. And they mm-hmm. get to learn so much more than they did when I first started. Sure. What about with, um, what kind of system do you use for promotion in the Jeet Kune Do side? Okay, so on JKD side, I, I do uh, I do certificate-based system, mm-hmm. okay? And the way I was brought up, there was three levels. There's an apprentice, and then a, a level called phase one, and then a full mm-hmm. instructor, okay? I'm a full instructor in JKD, and uh, I've decided to add, I mean, th- those take years and time. It's kind of like mm-hmm. Jitsu, right? You have four belts in Jitsu, it takes about 10 years, eight right. to 10 years to get your black belt. Well, if you go that route with JKD, that's about how long it takes for to get a full instructor. So I thought, you know, I want to add a couple different levels in there because I want to, I want to spread it out and show the knowledge over different increments. Okay, mm-hmm. um, not adding too much more. I have about six or seven different levels that they go through, and um, I do it in every quarter. I have a new rotating uh, curriculum that I work on. So you'll see it. Say you start in the middle of third quarter, you'll see that third quarter again in the first and second quarter as you as you mm-hmm. continue on. So once you get it, I evaluate. I have an evaluation day, and then I like to call it that because I don't really want to call it a testing right. day. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to flip out. I want them to come there and show what they've been working on. So mm-hmm. we'll evaluate them and you know promote them to the next level, and they can carry mm-hmm. on. And then what about the Kempo? Kempo is all belt uh, driven, just like your your standard uh, classical martial art. Um, white belt all the way to black belt. Um, there's it's a twenty four technique. Based system Ed Parker everything's exactly the way Ed Parker mm-hmm. had it um, I don't really change too much off the program 
until after you get to black belt, and then I change up some of the not not the techniques. I never change the techniques. I just I go back in and we really ad lib and graft different styles, which I believe that is what Parker would have done mm-hmm. if he was still alive. Sure. I, mean, I don't think he and him or Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that they either one sat down and said, "Look, follow this to the T and right. don't change it." I mean. Those guys have been passed away for many years. Times are different than they were back mm-hmm. then. So you have to evolve with the times. It'd be like saying, I just do jiu-jitsu the way it is now and don't touch it for 20 years and come back while everybody else is evolving. Your jiu-jitsu is not going to be as good as those guys because mm-hmm. it has to evolve. So uh, I try to keep that that energy like that in the Kempo classes and, and teaching my guys that same kind of philosophy. Now, um, in the literal sense, your school teaches mixed martial arts by doing all the different ones, but... That's not your intent here. Do you have many people that come in to train to be fighters? You know what's funny? That that's a really good question. You asked me that, and I was wondering if I was going to get that question because I am not an MMA school. I never mm-hmm. have been. I've been doing these arts before anybody right. even opened up around here, right? So, um, it it's it's always a great question because I think that I do have some guys that compete in mm-hmm. MMA. I do. Okay, and. I have specific classes lined out so you learn that art. I don't have an MMA class where you come in, sure. put your gloves on, go at it. I just, I think I've been doing it the whole time mm-hmm. that before they even did UFC, I was doing right. that same kind of format. So I, I like them to come in and study the art that way. Now, in my opinion, just from the time I've been open, you get some real knuckleheads that come in the door that think they want to be the next UFC fighter. Sure. And I'm just not, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm too old. Maybe I look at it like I just don't, I don't like that kind of energy when they come in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the people weed themselves out, but those guys that want to stay and they do want to be an MMA fighter, it's fine. It's no problem. They, they have a program they can go through to get to that. But there's no classes you come into and get mm-hmm. a you know, MMA black belt. They're going to get the, the better way, which is to study each art Absolutely. separately. Yeah, and yeah. then they can find mm-hmm. themselves a little easier because right. my thing is, you, know, you want to find out what your strengths are, okay, and your weaknesses, so that way you can work on them. Um, and the coolest thing about this, people come in and say, oh, I want to do Kempo Karate. I say, okay, no problem. They come in, and they start looking at the schedule. I say, well, you offer this, this, and this. Well, maybe I'll come try that Jeet Kune Do class. Maybe I'll come try the uh, Thai boxing class, or maybe I'll come do the Jiu Jitsu. And then almost every time people will come do that, they end up liking another art. They say, oh, I'm going to stay for that one too. And they end up working those different ones. But if you had just one MMA class, you would miss the the beauty of learning those different arts. Sure. You know? And that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that too. <laughs> Let's see, what kind of, uh, so you mentioned children's classes. What kind of program do you offer for children? Man, we have a really great children's program. I have an after-school program on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 4. And I have an evening program on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays at 6. Okay, um, I teach Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to them on, on two days out of the week, and I teach American Kempo Karate two days out of the week. So they get to learn a stand-up self-defense, and they get to learn Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Now, the cool thing about our school, I think, is we have, for a kids program, we have we offer two different ranks. So they can do one, or they can do both of them. All right, and I think that's so important for the kids to come in and look at and see the values of the, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu side and the values of the American Kempo Karate side. Okay, and uh, be able to have a stand up in the ground to defend themselves in this day and age. I think it's uh, great. And so it's kind of like a mini version of my adult classes. Sure. So class, adults can come every day. Kids have three or four days a week they can come, but it's still the same concept on a smaller scale. So they start to learn both sides of the art. Mm-hmm. And what age do you start? 
Well, I start I, on my flyer. It says five, five to twelve is my kids. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and this is very rarely, I'll do a four-year-old. But mm-hmm. that four-year-old's got to be—they got to be able to pay attention right. and be able to come in. And I do have some that are here that are mm-hmm. really good. You know, I've had some that just are not ready for it yet. You know, so I think five is good because five is a an age where they've gone through either pre-K or starting the first grade, mm-hmm. and they understand some direction. So that's usually my preference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And then are there any other kind of programs you offer? You have a lot of seminars, I think, I mean, sometimes yeah. you host. Man, I've been doing, I try to bring in as many different people that I can bring in for for my students to be able to exp- get experienced by, okay? And um, I want them to hear different aspects from mainly a lot of jiu-jitsu guys just because I run that circle a lot. But I, I just talked to my, my coach, Saxon Ginger, and he's coming in April this year. Um, he's had a lot of different people coming in and uh, learning from, I want my students to learn as many people as they can, mm-hmm. you know, from different styles, from stand-up. I got a JKD guy coming in later in the year, and I want to come in and experience with you guys. My my Kempo uh, professors come in last year. He came in a few months back, but he um, he comes in a couple times a year and shares his knowledge. So it's really great to have all those people collide together. Mm-hmm. And then um, how how do you set up your classes or your rates or whatever? Do you have times where people can just um, come in like – you know, to train like one day or do you do by month or how yeah, do you I, I, up? I really try to don't do that. Mm-hmm. And the reason I don't, because I don't want to be, um, uh, I, I, it's not a, it's not a belt factory shop to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that other people do that like that. It's just, I like you to come here as much as you can. So some people, they kind of almost, and I'm probably going to get ragged on for this, but they almost kind of penalize you if you come more, they want to mm-hmm. charge you more. I don't do that. I want you to be here all the time. So I like to charge a flat rate. So that way it encourages you to try the other classes. Because like I said, most people will come in and say, I just want to do jujitsu. Well, you're missing some other really beautiful arts that you could learn. And if I give them the opportunity to do that, then maybe they'll come experience that, which I find that they do. Unlike saying, okay, well, I'll charge you just for jujitsu and you can't come to the other classes. And I think it's better to leave the door open and let them come try mm-hmm. everything. And then, um, just a Sort of like some little questions and yeah. be kind of yeah. asking everybody a little sure. just personality type questions. Yeah, absolutely. Of all the styles you've trained, mm-hmm. is there one that you prefer over the others? No, none. I'm a martial mm-hmm. artist by, by mm-hmm. first and foremost, and uh, I take that real serious because I, I get that question a lot too, and people think that I'm a jiu-jitsu guy. And mm-hmm. my old crew that I used to train with think, oh, he's a karate guy. And I'm not. I'm a martial artist, mm-hmm. and I, I believe that. I don't think there's one better than the other. Is there an art or style that you've never trained in that you would like to? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, martial art? Yes. Yeah. Mm, I like to try Savat. Mm-hmm. I haven't done so. There's it's hard to find a really good Savat teacher, mm-hmm. and um, I would really like to experiment more in that. And I'd really like to learn some more. Um, this is even harder to find, but I really would like to learn more um, Filipino style. Mm-hmm. martial arts just because there's so many different regions in the Philippines that they had their own style right mm-hmm. and uh, and Asano is definitely the one that has got most of that knowledge and uh, it's uh, it would be an honor to learn something like that but it's just really hard to find people that are that are skilled in that it's just mm-hmm. a it's a rare rare art to have but those two I'd really enjoy to learn more about sure and um that's my third question who um so dead or alive, mm-hmm. actor, teacher, whoever, who's your favorite martial artist? Um, or do you think is the most influential? That's kind of a really hard comment. <laughs> um, 
You know, I'm gonna say two because I and, and it is in the arts that I, I practice, but um, and, you know, of course, Bruce Lee and Ed Parker. Okay, and I've watched a lot of stuff about Ed Parker recently. Um, some videos have been posted online. It's very hard to find some rare footage mm-hmm. of him doing this and stuff. But you know, he was a he was a big man, and right. the guy moved like water. I mean, he was very very talented, and his his terminology is something that I really envy. I, I as an instructor. You know, I didn't realize it coming up, but now I'm looking back on it. Man, it shows signs of a very educated human that can be able to speak to you and do the martial art. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and look at this, man. He brought Bruce Lee over here. If it wasn't for him, we probably mm-hmm. wouldn't even have known about Jeet Kune Do. Right. So um, I would love to have met and, and worked with the man. And, and same thing for Bruce Lee. I've learned a lot. Of, I've, I've watched him since I was a kid growing up, and I've read a lot of stuff about him, and I've got a chance to talk to a lot of uh, high-level people about him. And, He'd be a really, really neat person to, to learn from, you know. But those are pretty givens, I guess. But those are those are two that I would definitely like to, to learn from. And then, um, kind of going back, then a little bit, just one more question about the school. Uh, what kind of weapons trainings? Okay, you... so it's st- uh, primarily Kali and Eskrima with the mm-hmm. with the sticks, okay, and then knife training, mm-hmm. okay. So single blade, double blade, uh, single stick, and double stick. Those are the main ones that I teach here, okay. In private lessons, I'll get into a little bit other things, but I mean, the majority of the stuff is is different drills out of those those two primary weapons. Okay, great. Um, do you have anything you want to mention? Um, no, I, mean, I just really appreciate you, you giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit. I mean, it's great. I, you know, I um, I feel really fortunate. I'll tell you this. I, uh, you know, I've been born and raised in this town my whole life, and my, my whole family, they all uh, are entrepreneurs. And um, you know, to be to be here to do something that I love to do since I, I mean I've known since I was thirteen this is what I was mm-hmm. gonna do, and uh, I never went to college this is what I've always done so I uh, I feel really fortunate to be here in Denton and to be able to do what I love to do and I, I feel so fortunate people like you and other people come in here and ask to learn from from me and my instructors because it's uh, such a huge honor and I take it really seriously I don't look at it like oh well yeah, I'm just open up the school to get someone's money. It's, I mean, sure. of course, everybody has to get paid. I understand that, but you know, my mindset is uh, I truly love what I do, and I hope it shows to the people that come in. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, awesome. for being especially also for being a guinea pig. Oh man, no problem. Experiment to, to see no how problem. this goes. But I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you for doing. Thank you very much. No problem. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, Mark Redding of Redding Martial Arts. Um, as always, you can find um, this podcast online at dojosofdfw.wordpress.com. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all Dojos of DFW. And um, email dojosofdfw at gmail.com. As always, if you have a school to suggest or you own a school and you'd like to get an interview scheduled, um, feel free to email me. And um, look forward to some of our future interviews um, with Aikido of Denton and Top Game Jiu-Jitsu are the two that are next coming up. Um, so stay tuned for those interviews, and we'll be having a lot more of uh, starting, especially Denton County, but also already going ahead and moving into DFW, I think, pretty soon. Um, so stay tuned for all those episodes. All right, thanks. Thanks.